EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Welcome to EFTM. This is a special edition podcast, not an in the man cave, in depth interview with someone we've come across or someone we know. And it's not the full show with Bo and Jeff or John. It's an opportunity to share a quick chat that I had uh, this week with the CEO of the newly formed venture KO, K A Y O. Now, KO Sports is a internet streamed sports subscription service. It's something we've never had before. And when I wrote the article a couple of weeks ago about them launching in Australia, kind of under a cloud and without any publicity, got a lot of attention, a lot of questions, a lot of people asked me things. So I thought, let's let's get in the room with the CEO. And it turns out the CEO is a guy I've known for a couple of years, Julian Ogren. Now he was CEO at Amazim for a fair while and he left there six odd months ago to join the team at KO and I uh, went to the head office of KO which is in fact in the Fox Sports building uh, in Sydney. Uh, they have their own separate premises within the building and I sat down with uh, KO CEO Julian Ogre. Julian, welcome mate. Thanks for joining me and Tell me first up, like elevator pitch, you're at a barbecue, your mates are there, they found out you've left a Maysim, you're at KO, what the hell's KO? Thanks Trevor, thanks for having me. Look, uh, essentially KO, at long last you can get over 50 sports streamed all under the one service. For $25 a month, all your favourite sports from you know, all around Australia through to you know, those, those top sports from overseas. Um, we're talking about over 30,000 hours of live sport. Uh, but in addition to that, it's all the video on demand as well. So being able to watch um, all the games of your favourite teams going back in time uh, and then some fantastic shows and some exclusive shows around uh, like ESPN's 30 for 30. So those award-winning content. So it's all there. So then I guess the big next question, who is KO? Because obviously in Australia there's been a bit of competitiveness over the last 12 months with sport, but really just around the World Cup, and that was a debacle on its own, which didn't set a good precedent for streaming, let's be honest. Um, and then there's Fox Sports. Everyone thinks of you, you need Foxtel, you need Fox Sports, and notionally Fox Sports is 25 bucks a month. So who is KO? Yeah, look, obviously... Um we uh, we are a part of that. We are a part of the Fox, and um, and what we um, what we get access to is to, to be able to leverage all of those um, uh, all of those uh, sports rights that exist. Um, so you know, Fox Sports being a really strong partner of ours uh, in in driving our uh, value proposition out to the market. We also partner with ESPN and Be In Sport for for broadcasting all of their services uh, as well. Um, but what we then do is we take that service and we are focusing on the streaming generation. So our operating model end to end is entirely operated by the Ko team, um, and uh, we have. Uh, uh, we have a network and an operations centre that's, you know, it's, it's a standalone network and operations centre and we have uh, all the best of breed partners that would be familiar to this particular industry around Akamai, AWS, Salesforce, Zora Billing, all those, all those great um, uh, providers. So, so if we go back to the World Cup debacles, yeah. I remember 
because I worked at SBS for a while, um, I remember it being quite an interesting question for people. Well, Optus isn't working, but SBS is, and there was this clear delineation. So is it safe to say that if Fox Sports streaming service is having some glitch, there's no guarantee that's going to be the case for you? Your, your service operates independently in a delivery to the consumer. Totally independent. Um, and, uh, and what I would say is that through those partners that I just mentioned, uh, you know, the World Cup ha- actually was an enormous success for the likes of Akamai, uh, who was probably providing a lot of the content uh, through South America, India, North America and Europe. Um, so the learnings they had through, you know, high level of concurrent users, load balancing or load testing, um, short-term sign-ups, we got the benefit of all of those learnings and we built that into our architecture and all our processes that we've uh, launched with KO. So, you know, we're very confident of, uh, of the service we're going to be providing moving forward. So then given your closeness to, to, to Fox Sports as an organisation, um, how, how does the future roll out in terms of competitiveness? Um, because obviously you're going to have targets. Is it clear and simple that you've simply got a different target market and therefore you're, you're aiming and, and your targets on, on a business perspective theoretically don't overlap with uh, with your parent company look we are we are entirely focused on the streaming generation you know so no we see it as um we're, we're heading in a different direction so um you know we talk about um over 40 percent of the australian market now has a streaming subscription service not just sport but it could be uh entertainment movies shows etc so um this this market is actually quite a maturing and, and still growing market uh, marketplace. The same type of people, though, they're that digital generation of, you know, we call it the convenience generation, which is the Uber, Airbnb, Uber Eats type people that just want efficiency in the way they use and order their services and pay for their services. And we've brought those two services together under, under the KO Sports model. Now, how the heck did the name come about? Obviously, KO, knockout boxing terms. Um, but I guess it's an interesting one for in the streaming generation. Um, you know, Netflix had this brand. It had this. It still is. It, people think of streaming as Netflix. But then you had Stan coming to Australia. And it, to be honest, when Stan first started, it was like, what a what this name? What are we? But now it feels completely natural. Did you do? Did you just go with a gut, or did you do a whole bunch of testing that said this will be okay in the long run? No, we did do a lot of testing. We actually tested over 120 names. Wow. So, you know, we were talking, we went down the road of conventional names that probably resembled very much other pay TV type services around the world, right through to names that didn't make any sense at all. We just made them up. Yep. Um, but K- Bruce, was that was there? <laughs> but, um, but we went out through testing and actually KO came out as a, as a number one. Um, and, and then we did another round of um, focus group testing about six weeks before we launched and it just came out and validated it again. So, yeah, it was a, it's a great name. And when you come back to that digital service provider market that we talk about, having four letters, one or two syllables, it's yep. just very digital savvy type name. It's probably easy to get all the social media handles too, I'm sure. Um, I, I haven't looked at my diary in the dates, but it was probably two weeks ago that someone just email me, uh, you know, as you get a lot of these emails from, from listeners who just say, did you know about this or have you seen this or they want your opinion on something. And I got the email, I think literally just before I went overseas somewhere. So I very quickly signed up. It was a, it was very clearly labeled as a beta test as well. Um, what's the strategy from your point of view about going so, I guess, just below the radar with a bit of a, a soft launch? Oh, look, we were, we are so excited about the, the service, but also by nature, the fact that we are we were, redef- we, we were redefining what sports streaming uh, was in the mar- is in the in the Australian market, mm. and to do that, um, what we wanted to do was use the B to act- to actually 
don't put any publicity behind it. Don't put any you know brand awareness behind it. Just put it put it into the into the hands of the early adopter um, tech forums mm. and uh, and let them talk amongst each other. What we noticed when we went in from day one uh, was how intuitive the uh, the user experience was, and that was the first thing we wanted to test. It didn't take long for all the users to go and find the split views and the key moments features and all the things that you could do with it. Uh, which meant to us that we'd actually created that simplicity around the service. Um, the second thing was um, was really getting their feedback. You know, we had um, we'd set up a, a beta group internally where we took the feedback um, in near real time from the from the customers that were using it. And to give you an example, we did over a hundred iterations of the product in the last three weeks, yeah. just to fine tune and tweak it. In three weeks, a hundred iterations. Yeah, I mean that's um, we've got. You know, we've got a great team here of highly skilled people that can actually take that feedback and we were, we're bringing it back in uh, mm. in real time. So, you know, when we talk about the digital generation, the, one of the things you've got to do is you've got to be very customer-centric. Uh, you do have to listen to them, and um, but at the same time, it's it's about agility and moving quickly and, and, and really focusing on the, the UX. Because I think the, the product from the get-go is not like any other sports product. Australians would have seen. I'm sure there's things around the world, but I, I don't look at what's going on around the world. I'm really uninterested in what's happening here. But when you think about how television is evolving to a stand-on-Netflix model, you turn on stand-on-Netflix, you don't get the option of channels. So... The, even though there, I did find them, the, the yeah. channels, the live, um, you know, Fox Sports channels and ESPN and the like are there. Um, it is entirely driven around your preference, what you want out of sport. That's is that like the key focus for the for the development team, let alone the the design team? Yeah, when we designed this, it was you know not only was this idea of simplicity uh, the key component of what we were building, but it was this person. It's been personalised, a personalised service. So not only can you sign up in under 60 seconds, but the first thing we ask you to do is pick your favourite sports codes, pick yep. your favourite teams, uh, and then from there what we will do, and as you use the service more and we get more analytics um, through the analytics engine, um, we will start to be able to curate content uh, that brings to surface to the homepage uh, the codes that uh, that you're interested right. in, the teams that you're interested in. So just like we're used to with, with other services, Netflix and the like, uh, the more you watch, uh, the more it's going to dish up things that you would more, more likely want to watch again and, and, and new things to discover that you are likely to be quite interested in. That's exactly right, you know. And But at the same time, we're giving you the choice where you can just go in and get the functional uh, menu as well. So we have a page down there called the um, the sports page which is all very much structured and delivered, you know, it's providing sport by code. Mm -hmm. If you want to go straight to NRL, it's all there in NRL or AFL and so yeah. on. Have you, uh, do you, I just wonder about the, the longer term there, do you look at, uh, you know, statistics that you'll have will be quite interesting for the sports codes. I mean, the, the crossover between, you know, an NRL fan and an A-League fan, for example, you'll be able to, you'll be able to determine um, which fans uh, from winter go to which sports in summer. There'll be some really interesting data that you could potentially get after you get to a critical mass of users too. Oh, that's exactly right. I mean, we've got, what we've already seen uh, in, the, in the three weeks that we've been out beta launching was... Well, cricket has been the, the predominant sport here uh, as we've launched with the Australia-India T20 mm. series. It's quite interesting to see how many people are, are watching during the daytime, the, the NBA over in the States or the American college football, uh, the NFL during right. the week. Um, and a lot of these sports that probably would not have been top of mind to a typical cricket fan 
all of a sudden it's right there available to them and they start to look at it and start to get interested in it. And we start to see some viewing times around around those sports mm. to the casual to the casual fan as well. Now, it's pretty commonplace in the industry of streaming to really know nothing about the business in terms of the number of users and number of streams and all those things. But in the free-to-air world, we've started to see a bit of movement from some of the free-to-air, seven in particular, to talk about you know uh, streaming numbers, live stream numbers, things like that. Do you see yourself as being an organisation that will keep those numbers very very quiet to yourselves or over time do you look at spruiking uh, the success of the business? Yeah, no, no, we, we, we won't be giving any expectations or forecasts on, uh, on, on where we expect this. Um, how we expect K to go moving forward. But for us, it's just really making sure that we get the product off to a fantastic launch. Uh, we continue to listen to the customers and improve that customer experience. And, and like we said, you know, it's, for us, word of mouth is the, is the biggest driver and having as many brand ambassadors in the Australian market will determine its own success. Is there a preemptive thing here around the, the concept of this business and this streaming service, let alone anything else, that says that in time the big guys, you know, Netflix has got billions and millions of dollars, they seem to throw money at anything. Is this preemptive to the point of protecting Australian sports rights from uh, global players? Because if Australian sports... Um, teams or, or I guess governing bodies have an, a local player they can deal with, they're, they're more likely to prefer dealing with a local player than an international player in terms of sports rights because sports rights are going to go digital more than ever over the next three or four years, aren't they? Yeah, look, I, I would say probably I'm not the I'm not the one that has the visibility on the sports rights strategy within our group. Um, but for us, what we are doing is really just simply we're just moving with the times of where the, where the customer wants to go. And then you, if you think about streaming, streaming is definitely the, you know, it's one of the fastest growing areas with over 40% of Australians using it. Um, so we're simply just leveraging the content rights that we have. Right. So, so safe to, safe to say KO doesn't see itself at the table, um, you know, trying to bid for sports rights. That's a part of the group and you're just a simple beneficiary of that that can deliver that in a different mechanism right. to consumers. That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about the as I drove in here today. You've, today is the the official day of launch. It's a Monday as we record. Um, this is the day when people really can see the logo, the brand. It's actually public. Uh, I saw a billboard on my way here um, on the M2. It was uh, it was a, obviously a football billboard. It talked about fifty sports and things. But um, one of your team was mentioning to me that there are literally thousands of different executions of marketing. That must be a a nightmare to arrange, but b uh, again, play into that streaming generation and their need for something very personal. Absolutely. So we've, um, you know, you're going to see, um, you know, we've got a, we're embarking on a campaign that will go over the course of summer, probably about nine weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not only using the traditional outdoor radio mediums to go in there and build our brand, mm-hmm. but using digital. So, you know, our digital media strategy will be very much targeted to the to the sports audiences, yeah. so we can, we can get down to the cricket fans and get down to, you know, the AFL fans and, and NRL fans as we get closer to the the footy season. This is all about making sure that they're aware that the sports that they like is um, is is available under the under the fifty sports banner, and that's what that's what it's all about. What sort of size team you're operating with at the moment, and and how do you see that growing over the next six months as the business and and the the pop popularity of the service grows. Yeah, now we've had we've had a team of about 150 to 200 people that you know you, you can imagine are very much um, with a bias towards engineering and um, and developers and designers and um, I think the beauty of this business is that it's always about making sure that you know through simplicity to the customer it comes with it underneath is all about automation and and making sure that there's the efficiency in the back so we don't see this as, uh, as something that really grows too much 
uh, further. What did uh, Julian Ogren uh, choose when he logged into KO for the first time? What were your sports selections? Where, where did you put your priorities? Well, my first one was, the, um, a mad, as the people know here, mate, I'm a Mad Roosters fan, right, so okay. uh, I've had a good year this yes, year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, um, but it's quite interesting when I went and actually signed up under the, under the codes, um, I actually picked a lot of teams that I would casually support, right. not necessarily be glued to the, you know, glued to the screen on. So it's quite interesting how it changes your dynamics of actually making sure that you pick a team. And I've now got a favourite in basketball or in soccer, and yeah. not, not not necessarily the sports that are my well, favourite. See, I went the complete opposite. I just went completely boring and just chose motorsport and Formula One and MotoGP, and that's it. Just mainly because I wanted to test the system and see what it would offer me up. Otherwise, because obviously there isn't always that content available, so you've got a challenge in finding me something to watch, which I think is. An interesting challenge for you just on the model obviously there is two prices isn't there? there's 25 and 35 35 offers you what just an extra couple of screens to watch on so yeah 25 dollars a month you get uh, two concurrent streams mm-hmm. you can download it on as many devices as you want if you've got yep. 20 devices in the home yeah. download it um, but you can watch two streams at the same time so that um, two concurrent streams at, yep. at the same time um, for, for an extra $10 or for $35 a month, uh, you can extend that to three streams. So, you know, that's really good for our family. If you've, if you've got a lot of sons in the home and mm. dad's competing with, uh, you know, with two or three sons, then you've got, uh, you know, you've got a great opportunity to spread yeah. that out. Do you foresee a time when we get to, to a more a la carte offering in terms of sports so I could perhaps pay an additional amount of money to get access to additional sports as, uh, so on, a, on, a, on a smaller incremental basis or is it at the moment just focus on the, on the big single, single ticket whole, whole service offering? Yeah, no, for us now it's really about uh, really sort of embedding that convenience factor. So, you know, having over 50 sports there for, for, one, for one low price is a great value story to, mm. to embed in. Um, but as we as you know, we are only just starting, so we we see the opportunity to get um, there'll be the long tail of sports or niche type sports that if our customers are starting to see an interest in another sport that we can bring into into care, um, there's an opportunity there. Or if there are these big one-off events where you get a pay-per-view model, maybe yeah, there's right. a future there as well. Yeah, right. So essentially, because you'll you'll harness the streaming generation as the audience, yeah. um, again, within the group, the, the content, if the content's there, then potentially it can be um, served to them. The other interesting thing which, which I want to play out with you is the additional content side of things. Uh, now, if you want to go old school, think, uh, you know, extra features on a DVD, it used to be that you'd get the director's commentary and things, but... I um, I reviewed earlier in the year the the Formula One because I'm a revhead yep. uh, the F1 TV app. Now I went through a lot of hoops to get that because obviously yep. I'm, I'm in Australia, but I was overseas at the time. I got a mate in America to sign me up so I could see what it was. Now this was this was compelling to me. You know, 100 bucks a year, um, and here I am. I can stream the Formula One, but I can also choose cameras and onboards and things like that. Now I looked and uh, plenty of people said to me, "Oh wow, I'd love to have that," and I'm like, "It's never coming to Australia because Fox have got the rights and there's no real issue there." But you, without, from far as I know, you haven't invested in anything extra in rights. You've made available a whole range of extra content. In my world, Formula One, last night I had the option of, I think, four or five different feeds that I could watch on my screen. Where where is that coming from and is that just a whole new boon for content that existed within the group that you just simply never leveraged? That's exactly right. I mean, this is the beauty of, um, you know, we have a fantastic partner in Fox Sports um, but Fox Sports has been providing 
very much a, a broadcast service. A linear broadcast service with channels, yeah. That's right, but there's enormous amounts of content mm. in the library. So, you know, we've got access How to... How do you find it, though? That's well, What I'm interested in is, is there someone downstairs who's a rev head at, at Fox that says, mate, someone quickly go and tell KO that we've got all these other things? Because I'm assuming that's not just Formula 1. There's going to be that in a lot of other sports. Absolutely. So, you know, we've got... Um, we, we'll have a, a team that really... Well, we already have a team that's focused on the editorial aspects of of the of, of every day so you know we are planning you know what what we every day we get together and we understand what are come are the editorial components that will yeah. come into the build-up of the game so when you go into ko sports uh, to watch uh, india versus australia yesterday you can see within the match center there's other editorial content that's right. sitting in and around there and we can surface a lot of that um, uh, content for people that are wanting to get excited before the game Watch, you know, watch other content there. Craig Lowndes had his last race at Newcastle last um, last weekend, mm-hmm. and we had a whole lot of editorial content around Craig Lowndes and the history of Craig Lowndes's, uh, you know, highlights reel. Yeah. So there's an opportunity to really get back into what's topical for the for the for the day or the weekend coming up, and really surface some of that content moving forward. Yeah. From a technology point of view, you can't, you're you're spot on. We've got the multiple cameras, um, so you know there's opportunities to... to Do you know if that exists in other sports already in terms of the stuff that you might have access to over the next few months? Well, for motorsports is a great example. So being able to have, you know, cameras, you know, pit crew cameras, you know, driver cam or look at the race holistically. So there's opportunities to bring that together. We're talking with our code partners on stuff like that. Um, so yeah, this, 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 there's that that exists, and there's opportunities for us to leverage our capabilities. While we talk technical, um, let's talk quality. What what is the current quality, and what's the desire? Is are we going to get to four K KO? Um, well, I believe you can't get four K on uh, on streaming. So, um, but right now, if you what we can provide you is HD up to 1080p. Uh, I think you be- I believe you need about seven megs uh, yeah. service to get to that level. But at about four megs, you can get, um, I think, it's seven, 720 I mean, um, so it's really good high definition. People would be very familiar, you know, Netflix and Stan yeah. stream in 4K. And look, it's the best way to take advantage of a, of a 4K TV. So I guess, you know, as the NBN rolls out and we, we have that connectivity, um, that to me feels like one of those add on things. You know, I'm paying 25. I'm probably, I don't want to give the game away, but I'm probably willing to pay another 10 or 15 to boost that to 4K. So that becomes part of your roadmap. Yeah, I think these are all opportunities for us to look at, you know, once again, those decisions around what we do in providing extra services or or add-ons will come back to listening to our listening to our customers and starting to see what what are the things that they believe we should be providing back yeah. to them. And just to um, nail, nail that point, because I didn't want to confuse anyone, but I think the point being Netflix and Stan can stream on-demand content in 4K, but we get to see someone do it live. That, that's your point is, you know, it, the World Cup is probably a good example of the technical hitches that can occur. So uh, the system, Akamai, whoever it is, needs that needs that testing. There will come a time, I guess, where we'll 4K test live content, but at the moment, let's just focus on what we've got and, and achieving a great quality to that. No, it's 100%. You know, that's one of the things when you think about KO Sports um, and then you talk about for $25 a month, you're not only getting video on demand for sport, but you're getting, you're getting live sport. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I recall over the last weekend, I think we'll get, there was over 150 live games in two days. Wow. So that really shows you there's, there's, there's some complexity behind that, but the experience we've got and, the, and, the, and the, the capabilities we've got through, not only through KO, but through our partnerships like Fox Sports, to be able to deliver that content is, 
you know, that's that's a special. Uh, it's unprecedented in terms of streaming. Where's the bulk of the the brand going to be seen over the next nine weeks? You talked about the campaign. Is it pri- a lot of lot of digital content, or are you going to ha- be out in the mainstream as well with the brand? Because I feel like it's one of those things that. I guess reinforces to people that it's real, you know, when they see a tangible billboard or whatever it might be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's certainly going to be um, we're going to be in the traditional media like outdoor and radio. So you'll the big chances are you've already seen a billboard today. You're going to see many more. Yeah, <laughs> um, you'll probably hear us on the radio, and uh, but in, certainly in digital media as well. That's where we where we will really be always on, um, and. Yeah, I think it's pretty much Australia-wide. You know, yeah. it's pretty much all the way up the eastern seaboard. We'll be following the cricket tour as well, mm. um, heading out towards Adelaide for the first test. So there's going to be a lot of visibility uh, in and around uh, the country. But I also say that um, there's no better time than come Boxing Day when everyone jumps in the car and goes on holidays. Um, you know, this K is going to be the perfect sport to, to take with you on holidays. Yeah. So looking forward to that as well. Well, as I said from the start, the sign-up process was. Yeah. Pretty darn seamless. Um, just on the web, it worked well first, and then the apps uh, hit the store a few days ago. And I think, to be honest, the Apple TV is probably the most impressive thing you've got going for you at this point, despite the fact that everything else is amazing because of the, the simplicity of that user interface and a split screen. And to, to describe it to people who haven't seen it, you could be watching four things at one time, uh, three small screens and one large. It really starts to take advantage of those massive TVs we're getting in our homes. Oh, look, there's... You know, the, if you look at um, the, the session times by devices, you know, we would estimate that it's probably evenly split a third, a third, a third between mm-hmm. mobile tablets and up to the big screen. Yeah. But uh, there's nothing more special than seeing the KO uh, visual quality on a big screen yeah. and, and particularly split into four screens is, uh, is quite it's sensational. Well, congratulations to the team that designed it. I think the, the user interface is fantastic and, and, and the overall concept. Um, it's a long road ahead uh, because streaming is not an easy game, especially with the ability of people to hit no uh, after a month or so uh, because these things are non-contract and you know, you've got to maintain customers, not just gain them. So you've got probably a bigger challenge than your, than your cousins within the group. So uh, good luck with that challenge and I uh, look forward to catching up to see how it's going in, in the near future. No, thank you very much, Trevor, for having us. Uh, look forward to uh, speaking to you again soon. Oh. You're listening to the EFTM Podcast. EFTM.